Why, hello and welcome. Welcome to the Peer Pressure Podcast. I am Diane, sometimes known as Diane Kamikaze, and I am your host. The reason why I do this podcast is because I like to say I am a champion of heavy music. I've always found my favorite songs since I was a young kid had riffs, hooks, were either metal, hardcore, hard rock, or punk, or something fairly aggressive in attitude and sound. And I am all about appreciating the people that keep that world going, whether they're musicians, webmasters, other podcasters, record label and festival owners. It's important to me to recognize what these people do in that realm of music. So I am here to bring them to you in a different context, more than a Wikipedia entry or a press release, a little more personal and a lot more fun. I'm a rocker for life, and I hope these episodes do make a difference. Send me feedback at diane at wfmu.org. And my Facebook page is Diane Kamikaze Farris, Rocker for Life. Like my page there, and I will keep everybody updated on podcast episodes in that space. Thanks so much for listening, and stay tuned. My guest today is Mike Hill of Tombs. The original date of this broadcast is July 20th, 2017. And Mike was on the air with me for almost two hours, I think. It was a peer pressure segment, so he chose a playlist. We listened to a lot of songs and talked about them. This podcast does not feature the music. Of course, we do not have the copyrights to the, for the music. But if you want to listen to the actual show with the music or just check out his playlist, go to wfmu.org slash playlists slash DK. The playlists is plural and then the DK is capital D, capital K for Diane Kamikaze. And the new record from Tombs is called The Grand Annihilation. Which brings me to our peer pressure segment. My guest is Mike Hill. Mike, are you there? I'm here. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Diane? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining us today. There's, it's been five years since you've been on the program. And uh, there's, there's, you have quite a lot of things going on. So I guess first I'm going to ask you about the new record. It's called The Grand Annihilation. And I just find this record towering and crushing and wonderful. Oh, thank you very much. I mean, um, yeah, there's a lot of different styles and looks on the record. I'm glad that, you, you know, you got into it because uh, I can see some people being like, oh, there's, you know, too much of a variety of different things on there. But I, I, that's how I am. That's the kind of stuff I do. Well, and it is you, you know, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've really always loved tombs because you're not just like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, verse, chorus, you know, there's just stuff in there. Some of your music just sounds like you wrote one song in one shot, you know, and yeah, pretty much, uh, you know, I don't think we really repeat a lot of, you know, like I said, that typical song structure first chorus thing. I don't think we even really do anything like that. I don't think I even know how to write a chorus, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like la, 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 and then you go back. 
Yeah, basically that's it. <laughs> so um, the Grand Annihilation is on Metal Blade, which is uh, a new thing for you. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's really cool. Um, I mean, they're a legendary record label, and um, you know, it's pretty uh, pretty humbling that they were even interested in working with a band like us because you know we're not massive or anything. You know, I mean, they've got a lot of you know really great you know bands on their roster. You know, Cannibal Corpse. You know legendary bands and yes, uh, yes. i'm really excited to be working with them it's it's really cool um how did it happen did you approach them or did they approach you well it's a pretty boring story actually um <laughs> you know we we released an ep a couple of years ago um it was actually we were done with our contract with relapse and i wanted to put something out that we pretty much owned or you know the band owned all the material and we ended up licensing it to relapse so that kind of ran its course, and uh, we started working with uh, a manager, Mark Vieira, over at the Oracle. And um, it came time to start thinking about doing an, another LP. So obviously, we looked into working with Relapse and some other record labels, and then sort of in the 11th hour, um, Metal Blade sort of came to the table, and that was like a real game changer for us because, you know, I mean, Relapse have been nothing but good to us, and... Um, a lot of those guys I consider to be my friends, and uh, you know I have like great experiences over the years working with them. But having an opportunity like working with a label like Metal Blade was something that doesn't really come across your path very often. So it was kind of a no-brainer that we at least would you know we try it out. So we went into the whole contract negotiation thing, and and everything seems to be legit, and um, so far so good. I mean the record's out, and uh, it's it's pretty much everywhere. And working with them is like a whole different level of professionalism that, um, you know, pretty, I'm pretty much ready to, to, you know, step through that door. So Nice. Nice. That, that's really, really great. Do, are you doing like, like right off the bat, is there more like tour support, video stuff? What do they really bring to the table that's most noticeable? I'm sure they have a bigger staff, obviously. Yeah, it's a bigger staff. Than, than you know anyone else I work with, um, there's like a real coordination between all the different offices, like overseas and in the states and Canada and whatever, um, and also just like opportunities to do higher profile things are uh, starting starting to come our way. For example, uh, we're playing Ozfest this fall, so that's not I something saw that, that. That's yeah, wonderful. I mean, yeah, I would never think that tombs would you know would be invited to play Ozfest, so that was really cool. Yeah, so, you know things like that. Yeah. In the, out in the wings right now. And is that going to be just a, a fly-out, or are you planning shows around the OzFest performance? Yeah, there's going to be a whole tour that brings us out there and back, and uh, the tour hasn't been announced yet, so I'm not going to jump right. the gun and say anything about it, because <laughs> you know how it is. Like People want to, they want to announce, the label wants to announce things on their terms, and, you know. but oh, it's sure. a really cool tour, mm-hmm. and um, I'm real excited about it. Um, you know, once again, going on tour with this band that we toured with before oh, and uh, just getting out there again. Oh, good. Cool. And you just got off tour. That's correct. Yeah. 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 And uh, how long was that tour and w- what territory did you cover? It was a full U.S. tour. Um, you know, it was like just under a month. And um, it was with a, a band called Fit for an Autopsy. They were the, uh, mm-hmm. the headliner. And it was kind of, um, kind of an eclectic bill. It was them who were more like in the sort of deathcore genre. Yes. Um, you know, there's us, and then there was an opener called Moontooth, who are very, very interesting band. Probably one of the most 
talented bunch of guys as far as sheer technical ability that I've ever played shared the stage with. You know what I mean? Really, really great players and um, very interesting musically. It's sort of like, I mean, I, I ran this by them and they had no idea what I was talking about. I was like, they remind me a little bit like Shudder to Think and kind of like that late, mm-hmm. you know, DC kind of vibe, but with like, say, Mike Patton singing. Okay. You know, it was like mm-hmm. very much in this very, very niche kind of uh, kind of sound, you know, and I really enjoyed them every night. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, that's, it's always great if you get to go out on the road with bands that you that you like musically instead of yeah, that was cool. running away, covering covering your ears. So um, the the last time you were on, I think that you had said that you had a um, another guitar player playing live with you. What what's your lineup now? Okay, right now it's completely different guys than probably the last time we spoke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, actually, I could say that with a hundred percent confidence that it's a different lineup. <laughs> uh, so the new the lineup that we're touring with right now, um, it's uh, Justin Spaeth on drums, who plays in a multitude of different New Jersey based death metal bands. He's in a band called Hammer Fight, mm-hmm. um, and he fills in in a bunch of other bands. He's done a lot of road work over the years. Uh, there's Andy Andy Thomas is playing guitar and also doing some backup vocals and um, he also is in uh, Black Crown Initiate which is uh, oh. a pretty well known band yeah and uh, and Greg um, Meisenberg who I met him on the on a couple of tours ago he was playing drums and Ringworm he's uh, playing bass on the with a touring lineup right now and he's also doing some backing vocals. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty much the guys in the band right now, and, and then there's me. And you know? how, how is it for you? Because I think, if I remember correctly, that you were maybe going out to do live shows with a second guitarist. So is that something that you do prefer now? That's something that you've sort of tried and true? You like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it takes a lot of pressure off of me, um, you know, to play <laughs> to play accurately when I'm singing. And uh mm. It sounds more powerful with two guitarists, and I think like over the last four, last couple of years, four or five years, um, we kind of developed into a two guitar band. I think oh, more cool. effectively, mm-hmm. you know, where there's like different melodies and, and sort of um, layers, and uh, you know that kind of depth that you can explore with having two guitars instead of just one guy doubling everything and adding his own ideas. So, um, so I, I really like that aspect of the band, and and. Um, Usually the second guitar player is a way better musician than I am, so that really helps out a lot, too. <laughs> there you go. So the last time, um, and I keep on going back to the past, and not because I'm hung up on the past, but it's just a point <laughs> of reference. Um, it, the, I know that Andrew Hernandez was, was definitely in the band, and it seems as if he was probably the last like collaborator you really had um, in terms of co-writing. Well, first of all, is that correct? That's definitely correct. I mean, Andrew and I are the best of friends. I mean, we are really have a very deep friendship. And um, sort of as as a result of that, I, I feel like there was a very uh, productive collaboration during the years that he played in the band. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, his leaving the band wasn't due to any kind of, like, personal drama or anything. It's just that... Yeah, he moved, right? You know, he just, yeah, he lives in the Bay Area now. And, yeah. and you know, it just... Um, it was a very difficult decision for him to leave, but ultimately you got to do what's best for yourself. I mean, this is like a hard lifestyle to live. And of course, you know, if you're married and you want to have a 
family and that sort of stuff, that's a priority, then you really should go with that as a priority. So, right, yeah. So that's, you know, that was the last real collaborator I had. And uh, pretty much since then, um, it's pretty much been me writing everything. And, you know, the other members, if they, you know, the ones that appear on the records definitely have their input and their put their mark on it. But the actual songwriting, I pretty much do by myself now. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the arrangements maybe get worked out during rehearsals. But, um, but yeah, all the, the main riffs and lyrics, all that stuff, pretty much I do that all here in my house and my Pro Tools setup. Mm-hmm. Oh, you do? You have a, a home studio? Yeah, I got a, I hate to call it a studio, but, you know, a computer <laughs> with a <laughs> couple mics and the interface and, you know, that kind of thing. But, right. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good. You know, I get to write everything at home and demo stuff and then bring it down to the practice space and uh, start working out all the different parts and putting all the different uh, ideas together in, a, in an actual, you know, band format. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we go into a, a demoing process for everything and sort of change things around maybe as a result of that. Now, do you have ideas for what you want the specific other instruments to do, like especially like the drums and the bass when you're writing? Um. I would say, I'm going to say yes, but the drumming, since I don't know anything about drums, all I can say is like, all right, I think we should have maybe a double kick part here or like, you know, this should be blast beats here and then do this kind of Melvin's thing over here. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like a uh, sort of unrefined idea about how, in a more qualitative way, how I'd like the drums to sound, but I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, well, you know, you should do this technically, but, right, right. you know, then sometimes I feel like the drummer comes up with ideas of like, actually are better so we go with those ideas mm-hmm. you know? do you, you think know, bass you know bass i actually played bass on the last record so um so oh. i have a pretty strong idea about the bass too cool awesome i forgot I, I forgot i asked you about the bass i just was going into the next question um with with andrew um being gone and you doing everything and kind of just funneling from your brain instead of collaborating do you think that um this record or the last one he was he he was on savage gold wasn't he he was on savage gold yep. yeah that was the right. last one um do you feel that this is sort of funneled more of like your specific vision then because of that has that forced that a little bit i think that um like my specific vision has been pretty much intact in the beginning mm-hmm. and i don't think having andrew um, in you know his absence, I don't think has has uh, exacerbated that situation. But I think that what Andrew did, which I sort of miss, um, is he intensified that vision because of the things that he brought to the table as a drummer. I mean, you know, if you listen to the drums on Savage Gold, he's like really pushing himself creatively in ways that I don't think I could have matched. Really, you know what I'm saying? And I think that element is something that I, on a personal level, I miss that, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. I mean, that's going to exist as the, that particular era of the band and people can enjoy that music, you know, moving forward. And now we're in a different era of the band. So you're saying that the drums was pushing you as a guitarist? It was pushing me creatively to do more intense stuff, I think, because, mm. you know, he, he's the same kind of mentality that I have of this kind of, you know, grinder mentality of just, you know, putting your head down and, and just going for it, you know, and I think that, um, 
he's like a very physical person like I am. And I mm-hmm. think that he enjoyed the rigors of trying to push himself um, with his instrument the same way I enjoy pushing myself. Even though, you know, drums is a way more physical instrument than playing guitar, but singing is a very physical thing. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, so there's that kind of physical aspect that um, where the two of us are really digging into that, that I think is kind of, we don't have that so much anymore. There's just me and then the guy playing drums. You know? Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there is that, that sort of that gap there. Um, would you call this, and and maybe they all are, but would you call this a more personal record for you? I think they all are personal records. I mean, I, I've always written all the lyrics, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's always been my domain inside the band. I mean, even. In the beginning of the band, when there was this sort of pretense, pretense of the band being a band, yes, you know the the, the sort of um, emotional uh, expression has always rested on my shoulders, being like the lyricist and the kind of architect of the whole band. Do you think um, in training for as long as you have been training, meaning, meaning playing music, are you having? an easier time expressing expressing yourself vocally yeah i think that um it's easier for me to get to a place of um of kind of honesty with my voice and uh you know it's it's like i have certain things that i know how to do and then once i when i see things that i want to reach for i can sort of get into the right mindset mindset to reach for those things and then the repetition kicks in and, you know, trying to achieve those things and trying to expand. And that's, I think there's a lot more chances I take vocally on this record than I have in the past. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to varying degrees of um, success. I mean, I'm not saying that I was able to achieve everything, but I think I was able to at least achieve some of the things I wanted to do, you know, vocally. Well, so from, and I'll just tell you what I hear, because I, okay. he- I hear like a real like soul bearing it's like like there's a like your throat is open but it sounds like it's coming straight out of your guts okay and yeah. and there's a but there's a there's a real vulnerability in there that's like i i don't want to say introspective but it's more like a release um and it's and that's why i really asked you if it was personal because it sounds it's not catharsis but there's something else that's really I'm just seeing you with your arms wide open, like, like getting it, like, 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 oh, I mean, not, <laughs> that was so funny, <laughs> my visual right there is so funny, but it's just, yeah, there's, um, yeah, I don't know, I just keep on f- feeling like it's like soul bearing, like there's just something that you were willing to let out this time. Yeah, no, I'll agree with that. I mean, that's always been a goal of mine. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, some of my favorite singers, you know, Glenn Danzig, you know, Carl McCoy, Michael Gira, those are vocalists that um, that seem to effortlessly achieve those things. And that's always been a goal of mine. And I think that um, maybe in the past, I haven't been able to technically get to that place. But I think that I'm starting to, like, you know, reach into that territory now and, you know, slowly starting to encroach on being able to do those things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I hear it. I totally hear it. I was just like, oh. You're like there's a there's a honing there's like a honing in and and it, it it almost sounds like it's coming out as opposed to you pushing it. Sure, I yeah. can get with that. Yeah, yeah, cool. 
oh, let's, um, let's, <laughs> uh, I'm so excited. I really, I just love this record and I'll probably play more of it once I get you off the air. I already played uh, awesome. Old Wounds and Black Sun Horizon. What, do you have a favorite track or a track that you? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, November Wolves is probably my favorite song on the record. I was going to play that next. I do really love that. I don't. I don't know if I have a favorite yet. It might be November Wolves or Black Sun Horizon. But oh, but you know, Old Wounds is just so aggressive. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll be. Uh, that's part of the set in this coming group of shows starting in September. So yeah, we'll be rolling that one out for cool. some some live rock shows. And when is um when is Ozfest? That's in uh, November, like I think oh. uh, the fourth or fifth or somewhere in that era, you know, that area of time. Oh, got it. So when are you playing in September? So those, these are the shows you can. Oh, talk there's about? a there's a local show um, at St. Vitus on uh, September 16th with my good friends uh, River Black. Nice. Yeah, and that's uh, for those of you who might not be aware. River Black is basically uh, three quarters of Burnt by the Sun. Plus uh, Brett from Revocation. Oh, really? Yeah, I did you know, not know that. Oh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a continuation of sort of where uh, you know, Burnt by the Sun turned into Argonauts, and then there was like you know this that lineup of Argonauts sort of reunited with Mike Olander from Burnt by the Sun, and this is what we have is River Black. And the record's amazing. Oh, cool! I have I have not heard it. I'm gonna have to check yep. it out. He's gonna so, miss put it out. Oh, wow. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's always a good uh, a good indicator. Yeah, definitely. And that concludes another podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. More on the way. Thanks to Liz Berg for handling the in-house podcast duties here at WFMU. I am Diane Kamikaze. Check my Twitter and my Instagram. Handle is one word, Diane Kamikaze. Kamikaze ends with an E. On Facebook, you can find me as Diane Kamikaze Farris, rocker for life and making a difference. Yes, my Facebook page has 10 words in it. My regular show is on Thursdays from noon to 3 p.m. for an expanded version with lots and lots of music wisecracks and fun stuff the full link to my uh, index of shows and podcasts is can be found on wfmu.org slash playlists slash dk those are that's a capital d and a capital k i'm going to be working on encore presentations and i've got years of old interviews and podcasts so if there's something that you'd like to see reposted that you missed please get in touch Send me email, diane at wfmu.org. And be sure to subscribe to the show. And if you like it, please rate it and review it. Wow. WFMU. Peer pressure. Thank you. See you next time.